From Maine Public Radio and mainepublic.org, I'm Carol Bousquet with the news on this day in Maine, Friday, March 3, 2023. This Day in Maine is made possible by listeners and by Now You're Cooking. Celebrating 23 years of selling cookware, kitchen tools, gadgets, and fine wine on historic Front Street in downtown Bath. Open seven days a week. And by Eastern Basements, a division of Maine-owned Eastern Mold Remediation, offering basement waterproofing solutions. EasternBasements.com. One of the biggest storms of the season will arrive in Maine around midnight tonight and dump up to 18 inches of snow before it ends Saturday night. Meteorologist Michael Clare of the National Weather Service in Gray says 8 to 12 inches is expected in the capital region, the midcoast, and the immediate south coast. Inland, Cumberland, and York counties could get 12 to 18 inches. He says the heaviest snowfalls are expected between 6 and 10 a.m. Saturday and again between 2 and 5 p.m. Kind of one of the big points we're trying to get out to people is there'll be times where it'll be snowing up to 2 inches an hour. Um, and driving conditions will be very poor. Temperatures around freezing as well, especially across southern areas. So it'll be a very slushy, slippery snow on the roads. Claire says it will be windy along the coastline, which could cause some power outages. No snow is expected far north. The incoming Nor'easter is shaking up the Main State Basketball Championships scheduled for this weekend. Friday games are still going on, but Saturday games have all been moved to next Monday and Tuesday. The Maine Principals Association is the governing body for sports competitions among high schools in the state. Executive Director Mike Burnham says all participants and venues have been flexible. Every one of the schools that were impacted and had to move, and including those four Class B schools, were wonderful. They understood. They know that you know, weather is certainly beyond anybody's control, and we could not have asked for better people to deal with. And on top of that, you talk about all of these venues making themselves available so we can get those championship games in. They, they're, they're unbelievable. Burnham says tickets will be honored at the venue where games will be held next week. Visit mainpublic.org for the updated schedule. Maine fishermen brought in nearly $389 million worth of lobster last year, the lowest in a decade. It's a 48% drop from 2021's record-breaking catch, according to preliminary data from Maine's Department of Marine Resources. Kristen Porter, a cutler fisherman and president of the Maine Lobstermen's Association, says 2021 was exceptional, as more consumers returned to restaurants during the pandemic and had money to spend. Then comes 2022 with inflation and economy not as good, people spending more money on putting gas in their tank and buying groceries. They weren't doing the extras like going out to eat and buying lobster off the top of the menu. So demand was lower. Average prices at the docks tumbled from more than $6.50 a pound to slightly less than $4 last year. Porter says the prices, combined with the rising cost of fuel and bait, made it more difficult for lobstermen to fish in 2022. The overall harvest for Maine lobster was also down compared to previous years. Fishermen landed nearly 98 million pounds of lobster in 2022. 
A brewer company that makes hot water heat pumps received an infusion of venture capital this week and plans to hire 200 employees for a new plant in Bangor. Murray Carpenter reports. CEO Tone Matheson says Nile Systems' hot water heat pump business tripled each of the last two years, even before the Federal Inflation Reduction Act included heat pump incentives. He says about 80 percent of the heat pumps are sold in the U.S. and the rest in Canada. But this $6 million investment from Aligned Climate Capital, which focuses on companies that can reduce greenhouse gas emissions, could allow the company to expand into other international markets. Most of our business is uh, the large commercial units. So we're talking about putting heat pumps on the roof of uh, large hotels and university dorm buildings and so on and so forth. Matheson says the company is also developing a new generation of residential hot water heat pumps he hopes to have on the market in the next year or two. About 35 employees will move over to the new plant in a city-owned building in Bangor with plans to hire another 200. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Murray Carpenter. In the small town of Denmark near the New Hampshire border, some residents are calling for more accountability from bottled water giant Poland Spring. The company extracts water from land it owns in Denmark and then sells it to consumers. The town isn't compensated for what gets withdrawn. And as Susan Sharon reports, climate change is fueling an interest in protecting the local water supply. Last November, on the north end of Long Pond, Jim Metevier stood on his backyard dock and explained how water levels on his property have gradually receded. At first, he said the dock needed two platforms to access the pond from the shore. And then, probably about seven years ago, I had one, two, three, four, five, five sections, plus there's a floating one at the end that you can see that's all still in the mud. Mativier's family has had a home here for 30 years. As ponds go, this one is small, about four miles long and 19 feet deep. In the spring, he says the water is high enough to launch his canoe from the dock. But for the past two summers and into the fall, the dock has literally been stuck in the mud. I haven't been able to get my canoe out since July. While Poland Spring does not withdraw water from the pond, a state permit for, quote, large-scale pumping or extraction of groundwater, spring water, and water from aquifers was first approved in Denmark in 2005. The company is allowed to withdraw up to 432,000 gallons of water per day and no more than 105.1 million gallons in any 365-day period. It's piped to a loading dock and trucked to bottling plants about 30 miles away. All of it is extracted from two boreholes near Long Pond. One is less than half a mile from Michael Fitzgibbon's vacation home. When the property was purchased, I think the conception was that having Poland Springs as a neighbor was going to be a good thing. Last summer, Fitzgibbon says his backyard was better suited for a golf course than it was for launching a boat, and his feelings about his corporate neighbor have changed. My water receded 15 feet, and if we're going to basically give that prized commodity away, we better do it knowingly and it should be controlled by the state. Uh, we're not causing the pond to be low. It's naturally low. Mark Dubois is the natural resource manager for Poland Spring, whose parent company is Connecticut-based Blue Triton Brands, formerly known as Nestle Waters North America. He says the pond recharges naturally at certain times of the year. When it rains, the pond will fill up 
when it doesn't rain, the pond does get low, uh, but it's not involved with our operation. So it's not spring-fed? Not that I'm aware of. Nope. But a 1952 study by the U.S. Geological Survey describes Long Pond as a small, spring-fed trout pond. John Mullaney, a hydrologist with the USGS New England Water Science Center, says that's the same as being groundwater-fed, which means it likely has some connection to the aquifer. And while he hasn't studied the pond, Mullaney says if that's the case, pumping operations could affect water levels along with drought and other factors. You know, some of the types of changes can be rather subtle from pumping. So when groundwater is extracted from somewhere, it's taken out of storage and moved somewhere else. You know, there is ultimately going to be less water coming out somewhere. And that's the question is always where and to what degree is allowable. Surface water, springs, and more than two dozen wells are regularly monitored in Denmark. The data are reviewed by an outside expert, by the main Department of Environmental Protection, and by a geologist hired by the town of Denmark. They're also shared on the town's website. Uh, we can ensure that we have no adverse impact on area water supplies. Uh, but also we can see that things are pretty stable here in, in Denmark. But some residents are skeptical. Given what's happening in the western U.S., they say more regulation is needed. They also question the independence of the town geologist, whose cost of services are reimbursed by Poland Spring, and whose predecessor was recently hired by an engineering firm that works closely with the company. It's hard for us not to feel sometimes like there is indeed a conflict of interest. Local planning board member Laurie LaMountain also serves on a committee that is reviewing the town's water extraction ordinance. During an October workshop on the aquifer, she questioned the current geologist, Brian Bachman, about his allegiance to the town of Denmark. Bachman said his professional code of ethics makes that clear. We're obligated to, to represent the best interests of our client. And the client being? In this instance, it would be the town. This is the well. How often do you look at it? Every time it rains. After the rain, we take a picture to see what the levels are. Not far from Long Pond, Chris Doyle of Denmark has a small house and a shallow well that was dug two years ago. It's just outside what's known as the zone of influence, the area of groundwater affected by pumping. So it's not one of the wells that's monitored. But Doyle says at certain times of the year, it runs dry. This spring, we, it was full. And then we realized it wasn't coming back after a week or so. So we stopped using it completely. Doyle can tell how much Poland Spring is pumping by looking at the town's website. She's convinced that her water level drops when extraction rates increase. But the company stands by its data that show groundwater levels are adequate. Town geologist Brian Bachman said at his workshop that it would be helpful to have more information. For me to help you make decisions about what, what you guys need to do, is, that's, what I, that's what I deal in. I love information, so the more information, the better from my perspective. The town's ordinance includes action and alert levels. If water drops to a certain point in Poland Springs monitoring wells, pumping can be reduced or even halted. But LaMountain says that hasn't happened in more than a decade, not since the town select board agreed to relax the threshold at the company's request. That's why she and others are hopeful that the Water Ordinance Review Committee can strengthen protections in the coming months. We're living in a changing climate. And it's just 
um, a lot of water to be taking from this aquifer. The final decision will be up to the town select board. Mark Dubois says he hopes what emerges will be based on science. Denmark residents, meanwhile, say they're just looking for some reassurance and some more control. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Susan Sharon. Now we're going to step back and look at groundwater laws in Maine. The state has long been considered rich in water, and because of that, businesses have had plenty of leeway to extract it. But there's a growing push for Maine to strengthen those laws as drought and climate change become bigger issues. Charlie Ihacker has been reporting on that and spoke with Erwin Gratz about what he learned. Start by telling us how Maine got its reputation as a water-rich state. When you talk to Maine's water experts, they typically point to a few factors. They monitor groundwater levels at a few dozen sites around the state, and those levels have held steady for for many years. Uh, And Mainers are also estimated to use just a small portion of the rain and snow that falls every year and enters the groundwater. So on balance, Maine does appear to have more than enough water, and officials say this will likely continue to be the case. Uh, But they note that water is not distributed evenly in Maine. Some communities could face local shortages. Uh, That's because of several factors, including more housing and business development that's expected, uh, more irrigation by farmers, uh, and worse droughts that could result from climate change. You've reported on a growing push for Maine to do more to protect its groundwater supply. Why is this becoming a concern now? There are a few reasons. One is the increasingly scary news about the mega drought in the western U.S. There have also been smaller droughts in Maine in recent years that have challenged farmers and dried up some wells. We're also learning more about the threat that PFAS chemicals pose to drinking water. And as Susan Sharon just reported, there's a perception that there will be more demand for companies like Poland Spring to take groundwater in Maine and send it elsewhere. Now, We've seen concern about all of this in the past. It's not exactly new, but it's getting more attention now. A commission recently made some recommendations for protecting Maine's water resources. And there's been a wave of related legislation. Senator Rick Bennett is a Republican from Oxford County who who proposed some of those bills. Uh, One of them would scrutinize big water exports when they're sold to another company, as happened to Poland Spring two years ago. As demand swells for this commodity, which is precious for human health and human survival, demands on our water supplies are going to become more critical. I think we need to be very careful about preserving those resources and making sure that Mainers are protected and that our, and we know who is extracting water from our aquifers and our watersheds and selling it. The recent commission also recommended that Maine continue to study how other states regulate their groundwater. Why is that significant? That's noteworthy because Maine is one of just a handful of states that still uses an old system for for regulating groundwater use. It's called absolute dominion, uh, and that system was upheld by Maine's highest court in 1999. It basically means that property owners can pump as much groundwater as they want, even if it affects their neighbors. Now, Maine does have some important exceptions to this, uh, including permit requirements for big water users. But as water has become more scarce, many other states have shifted to a more restrictive approach called reasonable use. 
And, and some experts have recommended that Maine do the same. Anthony Maffa, an associate professor at the University of Maine Law School, says that if Maine did adopt reasonable use, the biggest debate might concern bottled water. Uh, some other states have found it's unreasonable for water to be used off a of property, and that could restrict the activities of a company like Poland Spring. That's where, frankly, the lobbying interests are in, in terms of money and voices in Augusta on this issue. That Those conversations are going to happen, right? And to the extent that, that there's a compromise, if there's a push towards reasonable use, those industries are likely going to push really hard to sit, to try to put language in the statute that makes it clear that it's still reasonable for them to continue to operate. And Erwin, it's worth noting that there were a few members of the state commission who opposed further study of Maine's water regulations. They included Republican lawmakers, municipal water officials, and a representative of Poland Spring. And to learn more about these issues, you can find Charlie's article at our website, mainepublic.org. And that's today's Maine News. For more stories, visit mainepublic.org and join us for Weekend Edition Saturday tomorrow morning at 8. I'm Carol Bousquet. Thanks for listening.